Welcome to the Shoot This Now podcast. My name is Matt Donnelly, and just a quick warning that today's podcast deals with the serious matter of mental illness, mental health issues, and depression and suicide. If you're feeling any of these things or just want to talk, please call the National Suicide Hotline at 800-273-TALK or 800-273-8255. If you're not in the mood to talk on the phone, they have experts ready to chat with you at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And now, the Shoot This Now podcast with my co-host, Tim Malloy. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. Hi, Tim. What do we do here on the Shoot This Now podcast? Every week on the Shoot This Now podcast, we talk about stories that we think should be made into movies. And recently, we came across the Gizmodo, the Gateway investigative podcast. Big time. Which is an incredibly cinematic podcast, but also, I think, a really important podcast. Yeah, and usually here on Shoot This Now, Tim and I love to go back and forth with ideas and casting and, and, and just sort of how we'd flesh out a narrative for stuff we love and think should absolutely be represented. But this week, we went into the field and got these amazing people who produce this podcast to tell us how they see it. Um, the and, the uh, field being Skype. Yes, <laughs> the force field of Skype. Um, but yeah, Tim, why don't you tell everyone a little bit what, uh, about what The Gateway is about? Yeah, it's an excellent investigative podcast that is, on the surface, focused on a woman named Teal Swan, who is kind of an internet guru who recu- recruits people via YouTube. Um, what makes this kind of an insidious and scary story is that among other things that she does to try to help people online, is she talks very bluntly about suicide um, in ways that may or may not be helpful. And some people think that what she's doing is actually quite damaging Mm -hmm. um, because she is not a professional in this. She's someone who sort of rose to fame through internet search um, and through playing the game of internet rather than by you know, becoming a trained medical professional. Absolutely. And this week, we were thrilled to talk to Jennings Brown, who's the host, and Jessica Glazer, who's the producer of the Gateway Podcast, about this mysterious and potentially dangerous guru. While there are many, many resources available to people who are dealing with mental illness and even contemplating suicide, um, sometimes the easiest thing to find isn't the best thing to find. And sometimes people will find an online um non-professional faster than they can find a good solid professional so we just want to urge people to um, look for that professional it starts with calling the national suicide hotline 800-273-TALK or if you don't feel like talking just going on to suicidepreventionlifeline.org and you can just sort of type your interactions um, if that's more comfortable absolutely and without further ado jennings brown and jessica glazer Are you going for eight episodes or ten or how long is it? Uh, we are. We have six planned. Uh, we're actually working. We're working on the sixth this week. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in maybe if something incredibly bizarre happens, we would have like an epilogue or something. But I think this is going to be a pretty well-contained six six episode arc. Now, I assume this doesn't end with an arrest or anything? <laughs> we can't say. Uh, but no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, who knows what, what comes up. See, one of the interesting things about looking into this is, like, so much of this, like, who regulates this stuff, you know? Like, yes. Um, like, this is, for one thing, it's, you know, it's, it's not within, like, the mental health community. I mean, she's not a therapist. Um, another thing, it's totally on the internet. I mean, so much, the reason I'm, you know, I'm a tech reporter and the, the way I got into this is because I got 
you know, kind of absorbed with her YouTube videos and just fascinated by how she's building this this brand online. But, uh, you know, the Internet's totally unregulated. So um, I don't really know how, if, if anybody, you know, did think that what she was doing was concerning or damaging, like what would someone be able to do about it? And the other thing, too, is, you know, so episode three came out today, but in episodes you know, in the later part of the series, you know, the, the, the thing we start the series thinking is the biggest danger evolves into something different. And there's like even more question. I, you know, I wish we were having this conversation in a few weeks so we could talk more about that. But there's even more questions that her work raises. And it's to, to what Jennings was saying, like, who, who is even the, excuse me, the person who should be regulating this? Yeah. Like, I, I'm actually curious, y'all's aspect, like, uh, what what point, like, what, what is concerning about it to you? Well, since it's starting point? cold, I'll, let's dive right into that. But can you first just sort of tell people what the show is if they haven't heard it? Yeah. Um, let's see. So The Gateway is um, a story, uh, I guess it sort of follows... Um, our investigation into uh, Teal Swan and her influence. Uh, Teal Swan is a spiritual guru, um, but, you know, as we point out, she has more in common with internet influencers and bloggers than she does with Eckhart Tolle or the Maharishi. She, um, she really is kind of building this, this brand um, and connecting with people through uh, her YouTube posts and her, her YouTube videos and her Instagram posts. And, you know, building her community through, you know, private Facebook group. Um, so I was, I was a, a freelance tech reporter writing about um, just weird things on the Internet, exploring dark corners of the Internet. And YouTube started recommending I watch Teal Swan's YouTube videos. And I watched, and, and it seemed very, I mean, her, her messaging seemed very unorthodox. And she was talking about really dark topics, and I was fascinated. And... Um, you know, I started looking, poking around a little more and seeing uh, uh, forums and blogs where people were making all these kind of accusations about the influence that she had over her followers. And so uh, I, I wanted to look more into it. And, um, you know, finally, when I reached out to Teal, she invited me out to her uh, estate in Costa Rica to see what was going on. Um, and I just kept getting more and more pulled in. Um, and then, uh, you know, then we, I brought in Jessica <laughs> to, um, to help make sense of this. I mean, I was, uh, this started out, I'm, I just write for, uh, you know, Gizmodo, the website, and, um, I've never done a podcast before, but this story just kept getting weirder and there were so many different layers and, and complications. And we realized the best way to tell this was through a podcast that really followed the investigation. Um, and so, uh, when we decided to do the podcast, uh, you know, I, I teamed up with Jessica, um, and who you know had experience in podcasts, and she was she's been the producer through this and helping kind of organize all of this craziness into uh, a story. Um, but uh, unfortunately, she got pulled in too, and it's been kind of a, a strange journey that we've both been on for uh, several months. Um, and it, it's weird finally seeing it all come together. And, you know, we've our, our feelings towards this, I think, have evolved throughout it. Um, and that, I think, will be sort of shown in the next few episodes. But uh, like Jessica said, uh, we went into this thinking that there were certain things that concerned us. Um, and 
we realized that there were other things that 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 were I put this that are scary. Yeah. Just yeah. Um just things that I didn't even realize uh just the influence that that a person can have over people in ways that I, I just had never considered before. Teal is helped in her work by the YouTube algorithm. There are a lot of really poignant moments where the conduit to her is YouTube. When we talk about regulations, do you think the onus is on a service like YouTube? Because it's kind of scary to think that really dark things and people who are you know, maybe having their dark night of the soul are searching for these things and they're sort of finding false harbor in her through the internet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the um, the benefit and the danger of the internet is it takes out any middle people, um, so it it connects us directly to what we really desire. Sometimes, I mean, I think this is why you know you're seeing lately um, YouTube's getting a lot of uh, a lot of flack for um, some of the top videos after like horrific incidents, mass shootings are conspiracy theory videos that, you know, like are attacking the the kid, the, the the survivors of these mass shootings and saying that it's false flag because it's like it the internet caters to our our greatest desires and our biggest uh, fears. And uh, so that sort of content rises to the top. And here, I mean, you know, in, in the third episode when I went out to uh, to Teal's center and I asked her, how did these people get here? I was trying to understand and she said she specifically uses tags, like Google tags, to get people when they are depressed and, um, you know, Googling things that related to their suicidal thoughts they may be having. Um, and, you know, she said it's not sophisticated. I mean, somebody who is, especially somebody who's going to talk about things that nobody really wants to talk about or when they're topics that there's such a stigma around, it's really easy for her to kind of own that market. Yeah, I mean, one of the videos that she has, the title of it is called I Want to Kill Myself, parentheses, What to Do If You're Suicidal. I mean, she really titles these videos and uses these Google tags to target people who are, you know, maybe distraught and are just Googling things to try and get some help or figure out what their next step is. Um, I think it's you know, whether that is something that could be tweaked algorithmically on YouTube's part or or some technological company's part, like that's going to be incredibly difficult. And I think, you know, the other piece of it is, you know, if the internet is a dangerous place or a potentially dangerous place, like the world is as well. And I think that, in you know, we're talking about mental health. And so, you know, I think the lens should go also to what do we offer people in society at large who are struggling in this way? And why are they going to Google? Why are they going to places like Teal Tribe on Facebook? What are they finding there that they're not finding somewhere else? Yeah, we, we spoke to a, a suicidologist um, to help make sense of what was going on and kind of the phenomenon uh, surrounding all this. Um, and frankly, I thought she was going to be a little more uh, concerned with what was going on in, in Teal's community. I mean, uh, in the Facebook group, what people post about suicide constantly. Um, and she, you know, she was like, there's really not, I mean, I don't want to speak on her behalf, but um, she helped me understand that a lot of the concern um, really lies in like why there aren't clear, robust options for for helping people who are having these um you know who are struggling and, and why they they feel the need to go to um, to go to gurus instead of mental health practitioners. 
What's so alarming to me about this is that people will find the person who happens to have the best search engine optimization as opposed to the person who's best trained to help. She doesn't seem to have any formal training, unless I'm mistaken. And you know, since this isn't regulated, it's just a battle of the internet over who has the best search results. Now Gizmodo is put in the position of being the only corrective measure. You know, a website is able to come in and check her influence. Do you feel like you have kind of a watchdog role? Well, it's something we, we've been sort of noticing uh, in tech journalism. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, websites, I think after, especially after the election, we're realizing how much power uh, social media platforms have and um, how out of control things have spun. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they'll make a, they'll make a, a statement and then, um, you know, they, they say how they're going to fix some problem, but then it's not until journalists start kind of putting a spotlight on um, concerning things that are happening that they finally take action in that area. But it, I, I also sort of can't blame these tech companies because it's sort of like whack-a-mole. Um, you know, how do you, these, these problems start manifesting in a completely different corner of their very vast empire. Um, and they don't really realize like what's going on, or maybe somebody has figured out how to kind of game the system in a different way. And also, you know, it's, it's like, how do you, a lot of these sites are struggling with how do you become, how do you be, how do you stay a champion of free speech while also protecting vulnerable people? Um, so either way, they are angering somebody, uh, and so uh, it's certainly a, a you know a hard position to be in. But uh, I, I definitely don't think that their that their best interest or that that um, their users are necessarily. Um, I don't really know. What I'm, <laughs> I don't know. What I'm getting at here. Um, I forget even the uh, well. The yeah. Whether whether we see our role as sort of I think watch right. watchdogs. Um, and you were yeah you were you were talking about how like journalists we we like institutionally have the ability to shed light on something that like an individual person maybe can't. I mean Gizmodo is a huge um, outlet, and so you know I think when we started reporting this, we we didn't quite really know whether or not like we didn't go into it thinking, you know. This is something we need to shed a light on. It's really clear what the problem is. We didn't know exactly what the we we knew there were some things that seemed concerning, um, and um, but uh, yeah, I think that that the role that like news outlets and journalists can play is in the very least to say, look, this is happening. This is why this might be concerning. We've researched it. Here are our sources to tell you why we think or why we're saying these things. Um, and, you know, we may not be the legal experts to say, here's the regulations or the laws that should be in place. But maybe if, you know, there are our pieces can be used by people who know that stuff um, or in the very least, when someone is Googling Teal Swan or is Googling their problem and they don't know much about Teal Swan, they can be informed by, you know, the work that we're trying to do as well. Yeah, because until now, there were a lot of um, a lot of posts about teal swan from people who really had an agenda against her so when you're googling her you're either seeing kind of people blindly following her or just people who are um really just attacking her for things that they, they really don't have much proof for so i think that's why we we really wanted to have a pretty balanced approach just to show her influence for for better or worse
Speaking of her detractors, one of the things I'm most obsessed with about this story and that I think is the most cinematic is that Teal is from the universe of influencers. She's more like a makeup tutorial YouTube star than she is a traditional guru. Uh, she seems so money-oriented and, and callous, like, like sort of some influencers can seem. Do you think she's from that culture or is she appropriating it to get money in a certain sort of follower? You know, it's funny. Like, her, her references... Uh, are a little are very dated. <laughs> like when she's when she's comparing like like fame, she she brings up like Paris Hilton and Ricky Martin, yeah. and it kind of makes me think like she's sort of been in her own little cave. Like she's sort of been in her own little world. Um, and I actually think the the people around her are a lot savvier with with the tech stuff, um, and they're all just kind of trying things that work. Uh, or trying trying things and seeing what works, um, and uh, you know her her business partner Blake. Uh, I think he he was a big part in like doing the YouTube, um, and I think he he checks in on that stuff. And he told me he um, he's had people reach out to him to see what they did right, um, and and just c- they come to him for inspiration. But I, I don't know. I mean, she's sort of doing her own thing. I don't think she's doing a lot of market research when it comes to like what other vloggers um, and Instagram influencers are doing. Now, this is a podcast where we talk about stories we think should be made into movies, and we both think this is very cinematic, and obviously bringing this to the big screen would bring a lot more attention to these issues. Do you think this has film potential? You know, it's weird. It's, it's hard thinking of like a tech story, um, you know, turning into something that could be a film. Um, because, you know, th- I, like I said, that was initially my approach, uh, you know, just getting sucked into these YouTube videos and trying to understand the algorithm. Um, but I think, you know, something that we, at Gizmodo, we really try and show the human side of these stories. And I think that's what we've hopefully done a good job with here. But yeah, I mean, when we went out to Costa Rica, um, you know, when we arrive at uh, her, her, uh, healing center her retreat center and the doors open and it's just beautiful and there are all these amazing characters you know i talked to a shaman and uh who helped who brought they brought in to to build a sweat lodge and um and you know i just met all these uh very wonderful colorful people um there is yeah i mean it, it there were times where i was like wow i wish other people could could see this world that she has created um I, uh, I forget what the <laughs> forget yeah. what the question was. But. I think yeah, I think what Jennings kind of one of the things he was getting at is the some of the challenges is that like you're this is a story about people who are some some of these people who are isolated and who are on the internet, um, but you're right that like there is something cinematic about it. I mean, Teal's world is an incredibly fascinating and incredibly visual world. She, you know, travels around the world. She travels with this group of people. She's wearing these like colorful flowy dresses. She rents these, you know, big, huge houses to hold, you know, intimate workshops in when she travels. Um, And also like the, the way that she interacts with her fans and followers in these events is like incredibly emotional and moving to see and watch. I I think um, and the yeah in Costa Rica too was just um, there was this one there was this one scene at the end of um, so you know we were there for a workshop and at the end of the workshop it closed with a cacao ceremony 
and um, we're in this like bungalow um, in the lower part of the property and her and her staff are preparing you know for the ceremony while her participants are like nearby sitting waiting for for the ceremony to start she's got this huge cauldron she's mixing these spices she's got long black hair there are literally bats in the rafters and a black cat walking around like it was just yeah. so cinematic and funny right there were there were times where it was like this is this is too on the nose like when we arrive and the first thing we that we witness is a death meditation. Um, and it's like, are you are you trying to like like make us have this experience where we have these observations and being these total outsiders are surprised by this? Uh, but um, I mean, uh, something else that comes to mind when uh, when I'm telling people about this story, a lot of people reference uh, Black Mirror because it feels there. You know, you have these people who are isolated, who are you know getting. Um, sucked into these YouTube videos and there are people who put them like the playlist on when they sleep, they'll have these YouTube videos going constantly. And then, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, then they, they take the next step and they get, you know, they join Teal's private Facebook group where it's sort of this echo chamber of all of, of Teal's ideas. And then they go to her workshop and then, you know, some people move out to her, uh, her retreat center and kind of join her commune and, you know, they become volunteers who help make more content to spread her message um, so there is, it is kind of, kind of, uh, like a futuristic vision of, of, you know, how spirituality brands, uh, spread. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's in many ways, it's unlike anything I've, I've ever seen before. So it's hard to really visualize that, but it is, does have kind of like a, some, some sci-fi dystopian, ideas in there, I think, or utopian, depending on your, your view of, of this world. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that we did not meet a single boring person in this entire series. Like every single person, even side people who weren't directly, you know, important, important to the main structure of the series, like everyone was a character in like the best of ways and the most like quirky, interesting of ways. There was not a single boring human in this. <laughs> no, like it's, it's like, it, it would, it would almost surprise us. We're like, of course this person like is a belly dancer or, you know, of course like this person has, um, some fascinating characteristic that comes out. Yeah. Like the former owner of Teal's retreat center, it used to be a hotel um, in Costa Rica, and we we reached we found the former owner, and we thought you know maybe we'd get some information. Um, maybe they interacted with Teal or her team when when they were selling the place. Um, we didn't know what we'd find, and it was this this um, you know older woman who like rides a motorcycle and you know owned some sort of like luxury hot tub business in the Hamptons like years ago. Like just she was just so fascinating. But she yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, like and that's a character that didn't even make it in. Yeah, I mean there were so many wonderful people we met, and and that's another thing that I hope we have done a good job with the story is like I re- like everybody really was just, I think, a wonderful, caring person. And everyone? Well, I mean, I think, like, depending, well, yeah, I don't know. We we're, we still have complicated Later views in, that, yeah. we're, <laughs> that we're working out. But I think a lot of people um, in, in Teal's world, you know, are trying, are really trying to help, and, and their, their hearts are in the right place. I feel like this is a somewhat 
easy story for Hollywood to tell in that they tell it through the eyes of the two of you, your good audience surrogates, your journalists, you're going into this strange, you know, Jurassic Park of self-help, um, encountering these incredibly colorful characters. So the setup is amazing. Something we run into a lot with trying to imagine these stories as films is, is there a climax? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to the final episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think we're the were the least interesting part of this. There were times where I felt like kind of the, the boring, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Agent Cooper going into the weird world of Twin Peaks or something. Um, and just kind of, I was trying to sort of have this neutral perspective going into it. Um, but I, I think like the story is and the people are, are so much more interesting than, than us. But, um, I don't know what do you uh, what do you think like Jessica what do you think like the hmm. the the client like can we can we tease anything about their direction Yeah um trying to think how much we could say I mean I think you know if you were remaking if you were remaking the podcast into a series into a movie and you could sort of like play with the timeline a little bit um there's well so in the last episode there is um some realizations that we have that we sort of like we had been growing uh, realizations that start in the first episode, but really come to a head in episodes five and six. And there's this one woman who was really very much impacted by Teal. And so there, she first meets Teal at a workshop. And I think, like, I don't want to say too much, but that potentially, because it's a very clear, um, the way they interact, there's, like, a queer, clear danger I think that Teal poses, and this is a person who expe- seems to experience that firsthand. That could be a climax, um, and I think, um, yeah, <laughs> that could work. Well, we appreciate any indication of where you guys are headed. I, I have to ask, obviously you can't plan something like this and can't anticipate dealing with it, but did you have any conversations with each other or with your producers? Obviously, the show is rolling out at a time when we're dealing with multiple high-profile suicides, and, and the culture is just very sensitive to this right now. We, I think, I, f- I feel glad that, th- I mean, I'm, I'm glad that this is coming out now because I think it raises a lot of questions, and I think it drives a lot of conversations around just as a society why we don't, why we aren't prepared to help people or as prepared as we should. I mean, we don't, it, it uh, Suicide is, as I found out with this um, project, it's the 10th leading cause of death, and we put very little resources in, into it, um, and there's such a stigma around it. And, um, and, and so I think later in this series, we, we, we really have more of a, a conversation about that. So I think it, it, it is, yeah, it is an interesting time. I think, it, I think it's probably a good time for this story to come out and for these conversations to be happening. Yeah, I I think too that um you know one of the reasons why I think a lot of people are are drawn to Teal when when they find her is that she talks about depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and behavior in this incredibly non-shaming way. She she approaches it like you are normal to feel this way. Like anyone in your situation would feel this way. You are normal. Like you are not alone and she presents 
this community and these answers that obviously we have questions about. But I think her, like, this is why she draws people in is because in our society, we have shame and stigma around talk and fear talking around uh, suicide. We're not sure what might, you know, contribute if, you know, we're afraid to talk about some of these things, which then means we're not letting people know that that it's normal and that there is help for them and that there are people who um, can contribute to finding, you know, just finding um, help for them. Um, but I but I think that's a really interesting part of this story is like, why is there such this gap? I mean, um, it's just, yeah, sorry. I, um, I just think it's so it's so important to to let people know that mental health is something like most of us struggle with to some degree and that, you know, you should reach out to someone. When there is a gap, like you mentioned, and there is a vacuum created by this kind of stigma, this is the kind of person who steps in to fill it. Someone like Teal, someone with no real qualifications. I'm thinking about something that the suicidologist we talked to told us. Um, you know, you mentioned that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death. It's higher for, I think, younger people. But um, she said that, you know, one of the main issues we're dealing with is that suicide research is just not funded. It was What was the... It's funded at the same rate as smallpox. And like, barely, like, yeah. There yeah, I mean, nobody nobody gets... And when we're talking U.S., like, nobody gets, you You know... Yeah, so it's just, um, it's just not researched. Like, this is, this is why we don't have answers or more solutions is, is because we need more research to tell us what does and what doesn't work in, like, scientifically proven circumstances. You guys, this has been so incredibly informative. Thank you so much. And if we can end on sort of a lighter note, we always try to dreamcast our stories here on Truth Is Now. Do you guys have any idea who you think should play Teal? And uh, is there any director you think would sort of spark with the images you've seen and, and, and the people you've met? Ooh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have prepared. Um, who would play? T who would play Teal? Who would play Teal? Well, who did? Who were you saying when we were writing different descriptions for her for the first episode? Yeah. Well, it was really hard to describe Teal. Um, you know, for people who haven't seen her. So I was, uh, you know, I I was when I was thinking like actors that people uh, said she looks like. I think ones that have come to mind are. Um, uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And, oh, um, yeah. And uh, Megan Fox. Um, and kind of has a Kristen Stewart vibe, I think. I don't think she would. She would not play her. But um, yeah, I mean, she is. She is a a fascinating character. I'm sure she would have a lot of thoughts on. I would love to know who she she thinks should play her. Herself, she would probably yeah. want to play herself. Yeah. Um what do you who do you think, Jessica? What do you? Yeah, no, I think I hadn't thought Angelina Jolie I think would be a great um actor to play to play Teal. Yeah. As far as directors, I don't know enough about yeah, I don't I don't know directors, but you mentioned Black Mirror and I could definitely see like the way that they handle technology uh -huh. in 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 a series like that. I think um and that the sort of like unsettling feeling um I think one yeah, of those directors. I, I would want somebody who is um who does well with sci-fi. I think that's his. But you know, I'm I'm the I'm the tech nerd, so that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> um 
I don't know. It, it's it's hard. It would be it's such. I mean, it, it's a hard story to tell because so much of it happens online and so much of it happens in these strange, beautiful worlds, you know, like her retreat center. And and, and also, you know, in the in Utah, um, you know, she grew up in this very rural, beautiful area. Um, and, you know, we're driving to these locations when we're out in Utah and just, you know, snow-covered mountains, just very rural, uh, you know, a lot of um, farmlands. Um there's a lot of a lot of great scenes here, um, but uh, yeah. So it'd be it'd have to be somebody who can who has that balance of of knowing how to kind of express things that are happening online, but also um, sweeping vistas in the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Any any directors come to mind? Well, actually, what's funny is we we just last week uh, talked about a director named John Hillcote who directed uh, an episode of Black Mirror. Um, with Andrea Riceborough from the last batch of episodes. But I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's Angelina Jolie can direct too. Angelina Jolie can direct this movie as well. Perfect. True. Take it over, Angelina. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if any if any directors think they're up to the challenge, um, the hero edit. If Angelina directs it too, so. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we try to do here is kind of use movies, something that everybody loves and being entertained, like we all enjoy, uh, to kind of Trojan horse in real discussions of real issues. And I think your podcast is doing that to a T. Um, It's certainly an entertaining and engrossing story, but it's also a really important story. And you're getting into you're getting into the real need for us to destigmatize mental illness and talk about these things more openly and to provide better resources than Teal. Um, So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope we didn't. I mean, that's that's where our head's at right now, because we're having very tough conversations, um, especially the last episodes and everything that's going on right now. Um, but I hope uh, that we didn't we didn't drive that too much in this conversation. I mean, uh, I don't know if uh, we steered away from from the story and, and, you know, the experiences we had. Not at all. We really, much, really but... appreciate your time. And, and if yeah. Teal turns out to be a complete hero at the end of all this, I apologize for anything negative I've said. <laughs> I mean, she will take a handwritten letter of apology. Yeah, you, you'll you'll hear from her uh, her devoted fans, maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like we may, like like maybe I'm starting to. <laughs> yeah.